Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Oh, we have a big show for you today. A very serious topic. Uh, Dr. Debbie, I want you to be honest with me. Have you ever contemplated suicide? Yeah, you know what? I can't say I ever have in my professional life at all. Um, but there's been some really dark times, some really difficult things from employee issues, business issues to just the stressors from working so close with a public and, you know, an emotional situation. But, um, you know, I can't say I have, but I, I know a lot of colleagues and I know people within my own uh, city who have taken their life within the veterinary profession. Um, Odds so are pretty, it, they're wow. amazing. I guess uh, one in six veterinarians may have actually considered suicide. And uh, I mean, you hear Dr. Debbie and she just always sounds cheery to mm-hmm. me. She's always up, upbeat. upbeat and cheery. Mm-hmm. So the, the whole concept is kind of strange to me. Uh, but we're going to talk to a doctor. She's a licensed social worker at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Uh, and she has studied this particular phenomenon of veterinarians that are taking their lives at a rate four times the general population. Have you even heard of this, Dr. Debbie? Yeah, no, actually, this is something that, you know, I've been to some recent conferences where this is actually right on the on the, on the topic list um, because, you know, it used to be the dirty little secret that veterinarians didn't even want to talk about. But I think now there's an increasing um, awareness and a willingness of the profession to actually look at, you know, just your overall wellness and, you know, your life balance and, and how that can reflect and putting more stress on, on you as a person, not just as a veterinarian, because we all have stress. We all need to know how to better deal with that. Um, there are some professions, I think, where the demands are so high, you know, physicians, veterinarians, things where there's lives in your hands, where that is just such an added enormous stress that it's, it's sometimes hard to leave that behind when you go home. Yeah. Well, in your profession, a lot of people think, oh, they're dealing with animals all day. Well, kittens must and be, puppies. Must be fun. Have fun. But and the reality is that you're dealing with sick animals. I mean, the people mm-hmm, that show yeah. up at your doorstep have issues with their animals already. And that's uh, got to be overbearing. And- yeah, well, it, it is. It's very difficult because the, um, you know, everyone wants their pets to be well. And sometimes, you know, you throw in other factors, you know, people may not have all the resources financially that, that would need to be utilized to, to get the answers or to help the pet. And then sometimes we can't even do enough. You know, I can just say sometimes I can't save your pet. And that's a hard pill for some folks to to swallow and to really accept and there's a lot of backlash sometimes i think that veterinary professionals receive from some of these situations sure yeah and sometimes people bring the pet to you when it's too late if they had brought it in earlier and then they expect you to save it at the last minute when all it would have required was them to bring it in months ago it's just it's a it's a high pressure job Mm -hmm. and when i was 13 i wanted to be a veterinarian and then i realized that there's blood involved and (laughs) i pass out at the sight of blood uh, yeah. so we're going to talk to this lady, uh, this amazing doctor, in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. But first, we're going to talk to you about your animals. And before we hit line three, let's find out what's going to be happening in the newsroom in just a few minutes. Lori? Well, uh, Amazon.com is uh, forking over some money. They've invested uh, in a guy to have a study done 
he's a futurologist, isn't that a cool job title, on what it would take to get a device ready for market that would translate the barks and meows of dogs and cats. <laughs> oh, I don't know if cool. I want to know what my, my cat's <laughs> saying. Sure you do. I already have an idea what my cat's saying to me. So, But they, they have some things on the market now, but they're just all like games, you know. They, right. They, they, they're not real serious. But yeah. you're ta- this right. guy's talking about the serious stuff, the science behind yes. it. Yes. Okay. Right. That's on the way right here on Animal Radio. Let's go to line three. Hi, Susie. Did you want to talk to Dr. Debbie? Yes. She's right here. Wonderful. Well, hi. What can I help you with there? Yeah, I'm I'm real concerned about my cat, Brownie. Um, He he doesn't eat enough. I had him to the vet back in February and March, and they treated him for fleas and ran tests on him. But uh, they just said, well, I said, you know, he's not eating enough. And then, of course, after the flea treatment... He, he just laid around and didn't, didn't feel so hot after that and didn't want to eat too much. But this uh, last couple of weeks, he's just been very, very picky. And uh, I even tried some of the uh, uh, Red Barn that you advertise on the radio show, and and he won't eat any of those cans. And mm-hmm. he has been used to Fancy Feast and treats and this morning he finally took one bite of fancy feast gravy lovers and it's not much he had yeah and he, and he had some um temptation treats called mix-ups and in the past i even had somebody go to petco and get blue buffalo and the canned and the dry and mm. he wouldn't eat any of that. And okay. it had sweet potato in it. I've heard that's not too good for pets, sweet potato. They seem to be putting it in a lot of things lately. But All right. I'm going to get, I'm going to interrupt you and go out on a limb here. I don't think it's going to matter one hoot what kind of food you bring home right now. What you're describing is a kitty who really is not interested in food in general. And, and, and it's not typically in these situations a problem of I haven't found the right diet for my cat. I really am worried that your cat is sick and I want to hear more about what other things might be going on. Are we doing any kind of vomiting or having diarrhea? Um, anything of that nature? Uh, well, some, Sometimes he uh, has a fur ball, uh, you know, throws that up, and once in a while he acts like he might vomit but doesn't go, ah, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, he also, I thought, his urine was a little dark. I told the vet that in the, mm-hmm. in the litter box, you know. And okay. I, I never got to meet the vet. I only got to talk to him on the phone. They don't let you go back to the examining rooms. They just leave your okay. pet off. And uh, oh. so I'm, I'm concerned. So back then he said he gave him an antibiotic. Shot. Okay. Well, in, you know, obviously I can't see your pet. And how old is your kitty? He's between 12 and 14. He's dark chocolate brown, has okay. yellow eyes. Oh. Sounds gorgeous, but sweet sweetheart, and and maybe he's depressed like I am because we lost my husband in February. I'm so sorry. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, so in that age group of kitty, you know, there there are definitely some things that I would be very strong. I, I feel very strongly that we would need to test for for me to give you the answers to what is causing him to not eat well. But there are several things in a senior kitty, 12 to 14 years of age, is the senior kitty. Um, so there are things that we can look at to see what might be causing him to not eat. And, and kitties will check things like um, their thyroid level because they can have hyperthyroidism, which can cause them to drop weight. They can have problems with kidney disease. Um, sometimes it's chronic and it slowly develops, but it hits to a point where kind of it can make them very sick all at once. Um, other things like diabetes can cause a cat to lose a lot of weight. And then and there's other things like um, cancers and so forth. Um, but I would say if your vet hasn't done some basic lab work, that's the first place that I would look. Um, but a lot of what I do when, when I try to figure out why a cat isn't eating, um, it's kind of really to look at the cat from nose to tail. So we want to make sure the mouth looks good. We don't see any abscessed teeth. Um, we want to look and look at the gums to see if they look dehydrated or if they're any strange color or the gums are bleeding. And then we look at the belly and a lot of times um, your veterinarian may be able to feel things that are unusual in the abdomen. So is the bladder enlarged or really small? Sometimes we can feel thickened intestinal loops, which can kind of give us concerns for some other conditions. Um, and then, you know, there, there's certainly other things. Are we dehydrated? Um, and there's different distinctive odors that can come with some of these types of conditions. So so I think, you know, my, my suggestion would be is I would get on the horn to your veterinarian and say, hey, there is, you know, something. My kitty's still not eating. I need more information. I need some answers. And find out what they have ruled out so you, you can feel comfortable that your veterinarian has taken a good look at your kitty and answered the question so far. And then if we haven't pursued some of these tests, um, let, let's set up a priority list of what we need to do to, to get those answers for you. Because um, you're going to drive yourself crazy. I guarantee it. If you keep going to the store trying to buy other food, you'll be you know wasting time and money on that avenue and i would definitely say it'll be well worth it to get a you know good relationship with your veterinarian and, and figure out some answers here well i've never met him in person he's sort of a mystery uh, <laughs> they front the door and nobody you Aww. don't get to go in the door it's just I, i'm going to make a suggestion of... for you Susie. i'm going to make a yeah. suggestion that you find another veterinarian uh, because you want to have a great relationship with your veterinarian, you want to talk to them directly and ask the questions and make sure they're doing everything that uh, that they can for your little fur baby. So that would be my first suggestion. If you hold on, I might be able to help you with that. Well, Hal and Debbie, I appreciate this. And I should just write down that he should have more tests or something, kidney, bladder, tummy, urine, look at the gums, run mm-hmm. blood tests. Uh, can you both hear me? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I want to do the right thing, and, and, you know, maybe he's getting retested for something he already been tested for, because I don't know what he was tested for. Yeah. The lack yeah. of communication. Yeah, that's not good. Have... That's not good. You need to be able to communicate with your veterinarian. Hold on for one second, Susie. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Red Barn. Now, listen up. In just a couple of seconds, I'm going to give you a promo code to save 10% off your next purchase. In fact, all of your purchases over at Red Barn. Now, these guys not only support Animal Radio and get behind the health of your pet, they're now in the kibble business. Yeah, your favorite dog treat company is now selling kibble. And I'm looking at the side of the package with the ingredients. The first five ingredients feature real animal protein. That's how you know it's good. It's going to satisfy your dog's carnivore cravings. That's because your dog, well, they love meat. And these guys 
Red Barn, they love your dog. And you can get 10% off anything Red Barn has over at their website at redbarn.com. Just put in the promo code ANIMALRADIO. Once again, head on over to redbarn.com and put in Animal Radio, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All American Dish, your Dish authorized retailer now. 800 380 4452. 800 380 4452. That's 800 380 4452. Offers require credit qualification, 24 month commitment, early termination fee, and e auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. Hi, this is Creston. Of course, you know me as the amazing Creston. And you're listening to me on Animal Radio. Don't forget to spade and neuter those loved ones which we've bonded with our pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Animal Radio. This is where we celebrate the connection with our pets. And if you're like us, you want your pet at any and all of your special events. Perhaps your wedding. Like them at your wedding. Let's say, hypothetically, I was to get married. Really, how? <laughs> Come on, ladies. You're kidding, right? <laughs> well, let's just say hypothetically. Okay. If, let's, it, yeah. if it was to happen, I would want my, uh, well, maybe Ladybug or my cats to deliver the ring uh, to the uh, to the altar, Ladybug be, would do are, it. I'm sure she would. Yeah, she could be trained to do that. Mm-hmm. But you know what? On your wedding day, you're just thinking of so many things. You're thinking about uh, the guests, uh, the food. Uh, you're thinking, "Geez, am I really marrying this person?" <laughs> all, all these thoughts are going through your mind. The last thing you really want to do is deal with taking care of your pet, mm-hmm. and that's where wedding concierge Kristen Hederick comes in, and she deals with the transportation of your pet, the grooming. Uh, she She's a personal attendant. She deals with overnight accommodations. We're going to find out what being wow. a wedding concierge is all about in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. But first, let's uh, look on over to Lori Brooks in the, in, the, in the Animal Radio newsroom. What are you doing over there? What do you got planned for us? Um, do you remember a story, guys, that we did a couple of months ago at least about the parrot who witnessed his dad's murder? Yes, oh, I do. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the the police came in and the parrots in his cage saying, don't blink and shoot, you know, yep, and yep. it was in his dad's. So big murder case. And they they have a verdict in the case. And we'll tell you how the parrot was involved and how they resolved everything. And if you're um, a comic fan of a certain cat, big musical around Christmas time is coming up and we'll fill you in on all of the details. OK, I cannot wait. Uh, but first, your calls. How uh, Roro said he would marry you. Oh, that's nice. And let's go to the phones. Hey, Rossi, where are you calling from today? Uh, San Luis Obispo. Oh, just down the street. So, yeah. listening on KVEC, how can we help you today? Well, I've got a 19 uh, pound Patterdale Terrier. Wow. Eight years old. Okay. And he started developing sores between his toes. And now they've kind of spread to his pads and his uh, toenails. 
on all of his toes or just the front versus the rear? Uh, it's front and back. Um, I've tried uh, antibiotics, and it worked until I ran out of antibiotics, and it came back. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm wondering if there's a long treatment for antibiotics that we can do, or I've tried soaking them in different solutions and okay. hypoallergenic baths and stuff like that. Okay, and then what did your did your veterinarian um, do any kind of test, take any sample from the area? Uh, they said that they it's hard to get it from the area because in between the toes it's really sore and healing is, is tough. And uh, So, no, they haven't done that. They did suggest that, but it was close to $1,000. Yeah. Unfortunately, we can't really say that, you know, the antibiotics are going to be the solution to this problem because there's a lot of times with foot problems where we'll get secondary infection. So Uh what you're describing isn't unusual. So some of those tests, you know, we may need to prioritize what works within a budget because it is going to be very important to figure out what kind of thing could be going on because there's several different things that really come to mind. And, And we can get bacterial infections. There can be mites. We can get funguses and then things like allergies and immune system problems. So there's a lot of different things that can play a role. I will right. tell you that when I have dogs that have what we call interdigital dermatitis, so sores between the toes, uh-huh. they are among the most frustrating and the most chronic in nature if we don't get an accurate diagnosis from the get-go. So there right. are it's not unheard of for my clients to come in and they may come in and treat something like this, run the course of antibiotics, and then in three weeks they come back um, because if we stop the course and don't do a follow-up or don't follow those uh, recommendations, it, it will often keep kind of coming and going, coming and going. So that right. initial investment in testing is painful, but <laughs> I can tell you it's going to be well worth it in the long run. Well, um, and after the testing, uh, you know, what, what's the typical treatment after that? More antibiotics or... Well, it depends. So I'm just going to kind of zone into one particular diagnosis that um, can be a problem. And you said your doggy was a terrier or a patterdale? Okay. Yeah. So they commonly can have a lot of different allergy-driven problems, which means okay. that we can get secondary things on top of that. We can get mites. We can get fungus. We can get bacterial infections secondary to that. So... Uh-huh. Sometimes it means we have to look into allergy testing or treatments for allergies. Um, But if we're dealing with, say, just a garden variety antibiotic responsive problem, we might need to treat for four to six weeks or more of continuous antibiotics. So this is where, (laughs) when you talk about that, how does your veterinarian know if an antibiotic is going to work and if that four to six week of investment of antibiotics is worth it. And that's where I'm going back to that initial test, getting a sample culture, or at least doing something we call cytology to look to see if we see bacteria there that will be uh-huh. um, picking a category of antibiotic that would be appropriate. So that's why I'm telling you that little bit of investment can really help. All right. I appreciate the call. Thank Thanks. You. Thanks, Rossi, for calling. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to spay and neuter your pets.
Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your Dish authorized retailer now. 800-380-4452. 800-380-4452. That's 800-380-4452. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and e-auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. Hi, this is Doug Gray of the Marshall Tucker Band, and forever you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pets. Alan Keeble, we're going to a birthday party. Louise Benito is 102 years old. We're just in time to listen to her blow the candles out on her cake. Mary. <laughs> Whoa. Blow it out. <laughs> Whoops, her teeth blew out. <laughs> There's something else really cool, watch. Don't let the drool fool you. No, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about your dog. Just how smart is he or she? Nat Geo just ran a three-part series called Is Your Dog a Genius? Now you can find out how smart your dog is, too. This one costs some money, but it's not much. Go to www.dognition.com. There are 20 games there designed by canine experts to gauge your dog's intelligence and his personality. To get the games, there's a one-time fee of $19. This is Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, how many times have you thought, gee, I wish my pets could talk? Wouldn't that just be the dream? (laughs) Well, the next best thing could be less than a decade away, according to a report for Amazon.com that was co-authored by futurologist, isn't that a good title, Uh futurologist William Higgin of Next Big Thing. Higgin points to the work being done now by a professor of biological sciences at Northern Arizona University, and she has spent 30 years studying the behavior of just prairie dogs, and her work shows that prairie dogs have a pretty sophisticated communication system that really has all of the aspects of language and she's found that they also have words Hmm. you know prairie dog words for different species of predators that they see and that they can describe the color of clothing that a human is wearing or the coat the hair coat of coyotes and dogs so Higgum takes all this in. Now he is convinced that other animals can do the same. And he is currently attempting to raise money to develop a cat and dog language translation device. Amazon is kind of already sells one device for cats that changes a human voice into a meow. But, you know, it's not not as cool as it would be to kind of think you know what they're saying. One other really cool thing that I learned from researching this story comes from a psychologist at Portsmouth University who works on interactions between dogs and humans. She's a little less optimistic that we will soon be able to decipher dog barks, mainly because she does not think that the way a dog woofs can be viewed as a language. What she thinks is that a dog's body language really is key. For example, I didn't know this. She says a right-sided tail wag is a positive movement, 
while a wag to the left side? Not so positive. Huh. Huh. Who knew? But what if they're left-tailed and not right-tailed? I mean, <laughs> then I guess it would be the opposite. <laughs> Interesting. Hey, stuff. we did a story a few months ago about a pet parrot who had witnessed his owner's murder, and now we find out that a woman in Michigan has been convicted of first-degree murder in that case for killing her husband, who was Bud, the parrot's pet parent. So it turns out that although Bud, who is a very talkative African gray, witnessed the killing, but Bud's testimony was not used in court. A state prosecutor did try to use Bud's phrases as evidence at the trial, but the judge dismissed it because uh, after the killing, they had proof. Bud was recorded saying, don't blanking shoot. But the blanking was another word. The victim's mother says that Bud the parrot picks up everything and anything that is said and also adds that he is, quote, got the filthiest mouth around. <laughs> Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Hi, everybody. This is Frankie Avalon, and I love Animal Radio. Keep listening. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you're the uh, person that lets the pet sleep in bed, you look in the uh, all the pictures on your phone just have cats and dogs or your pets. <laughs> yep. Yeah, this is your show. So uh, take another call for Dr. Debbie. How about that? Dr. Debbie, and we have Henry on the phone. Hi, Henry. Hi. I have a uh, kind of a geriatric old black cat. He's my favorite cat. Getting kind of old there. And I noticed that he has a... Uh, patch on his rear side that doesn't seem to ever heal and uh it gets bigger and he bites at it all the time i notice though that it kind of recovers never fully when i give him uh his flea drops for the month Hmm. okay so it gets better when he is treated for his flea treatment the family actually thinks that it might be dust mites but you know i i wanted to get the official doctor (laughs) Yeah, it looks bad, but it gets better around the periphery. Okay. Well, well, definitely, you know, fleas actually are the number one um, allergenic um, material for cats. So when they have skin disease and they're chewing and scratching, approximately 80% of the time it's flea allergy disease. Um, so that's the number one thing. So if the flea treatment seems to be helping, yeah, that could be part of the thing. Now, whether or not it's mites or something microscopic, ah, you know, possibly. Um, in an, Is this an indoor kitty or an outdoor kitty? Uh, well, it's an indoor and outdoor kitty. You know, he. we're trying to get him to, we, we have a big house, you know what I mean? We can't, he likes to run, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's supposed <laughs> to be inside, but, you know, he, he, he gets in and out, you know. Okay. Just because, you know, for an older cat that's indoors, um, mites aren't terribly common unless there's something else going on. So when they're immunosuppressed or some other disease process is going on, and then maybe we can have a mite problem. But, you know, actually, skin disease in older cats can even occur with health problems like diabetes and thyroid problems. So if this is a geriatric kitty, um, it might be well worth a trip to the vet to make sure we don't have something like that going on. Um, And then really focus on 
on some of the the skin treatments that we might try beyond the flea treatment. And those might include um, certainly uh, types of hypoallergenic diets that we can try using. Um, And for some kitties, it's really a matter of making sure that um, all the ins and the outs are good, that we're on a good quality diet, we're doing regular grooming procedures, and then, you know, checking out things like even arthritis in older kitties. It's a subtle, silent problem that they don't often complain about, but I do see cats groom themselves excessively in the hindquarters areas when they are having pain down there. So it can be one of those kind of things that you don't always know about. And cats aren't like dogs. You know, they they don't often show like that limp, that gimp with arthritis. Um, And it really has to be detected by an x-ray to see if they've got spinal problems or hip problems. Um, But a little treatment with some glucosamine might be a uh, trick to try as well to see if your kitty is having some of those aching joints that comes along with old age. Okay, thank you so much because that excessive licking uh, and and that, that just that description how he's moving does sound mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, you get key points even without being here. Oh, well, good. Hey, reaching across those radio waves to help our listeners. Thank you so much, Henry, and okay. give your kitty a good scratch on the head for us. Um, well, thank you for your call. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. We're waiting here. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, it's Alan Cable. Glad you're here. Me and this lady get in a conversation and she says, you know, I'm thinking of getting a puppy. What's the most important thing I should do? You know, after I bring the puppy home. And I said, well, the answer might surprise you. Make sure your puppy makes as many friends as possible. You take that puppy out and introduce him to people all over the place. At least a couple of hundred people. And as many dogs as possible. You know, friendly dogs. It has to be a pleasant experience. That's the most important thing. Make sure your puppy's having fun meeting all these new people and all these new other dogs. You can go to a park on Saturday where there's lots and lots of people. Have yourself a bag full of treats. Treats for the dog, not you. You can have yours later. Ask people that come by to just stop, say hi to your puppy, and give him a treat. Experts call this socialization. And if you look around, you'll see that there are classes for you and your new puppy given by experienced people. You'd be amazed how much you can learn about how dogs communicate with each other, how you can best communicate with yours. You can even learn the right way to play with your puppy. I know what you're thinking, but when it comes to puppies, there are bad ways of doing things and there are good ways of doing things. And if you're going to go get yourself a dog or a puppy to bring home, you owe it to both of you to get great education. We research lots of things we buy. Find out all about them so we can get the best price and make sure that they're right for us. Well, why wouldn't you do the same when you're about to bring home something that's alive? Something that's going to depend on you and probably be your best friend for the next 12 to 15 years. A lot of folks don't put much thought into bringing home a puppy. They're more concerned with color and breed, how the dog looks. But the real important thing to be focused on is knowing what to expect, how dogs act, how they communicate. You want to have a good relationship with your dog, so you're going to have to learn to speak his language because let's face it, he's not learning ours. Oh, I see people every day that think their dog knows what they're saying, but trust me, he does not. Anyway, I love seeing happy people and happy dogs, and the key to that, well, knowledge is power. Get as much information as you can, read as much as you can, and then bring home your puppy. Start your dog's daily dental routine with Red Barn's new dental treats, Chewables. Thoughtfully designed with ridges and grooves to help control plaque and tartar buildup in between your dog's dental vet visits. Chewables are natural, easily digestible, and your dog will love them. Red Barn Chewables, the tastiest way to brush your dog's teeth. Learn more at redbarn.com today. (laughs) 
Use the promo code ANIMALRADIO and you'll get 10% off your purchase. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. And if you're like me, which I gather you are, except for the, uh, the bad breath, you probably love your pets and you want to take them just about everywhere you possibly can. Well, they're family members. And let's say you were going to get married, hypothetically. Uh-huh. Uh, or practically, wouldn't you want your pet to be there, your dog to be there with you? Maybe even a ring bearer. Yeah, part of the wedding part of the ceremony. ceremony. Yes. And this is exactly what Kristen Hedrick has in mind. She's with the Morris Animal Inn, which is in Joyzy, Morristown, Joyzy. Is that correct? That is correct. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. How are you? Very good. So tell us what you do. You're sort of a, uh, a wedding concierge for dogs? Yes, that is correct. So we started offering a wedding chauffeur um, and concierge service um, for weddings in our area. And, and what does that exactly mean? Sure. So what we can include um, with that is a spa day preparation for the pet in our <laughs> grooming salon. Um, so while the bride is getting pampered and pretty ready for her big day, um, we can do the same for their pet. So we get them all ready, um, photo ready for the big day, and then we transport them safely um, with a professional or ha- professional handler in tow um, to the wedding venue. Yeah, and I got to admit, you know, when you're getting married, you're kind of always thinking about all the other, the things that are going on, and you're juggling a lot of balls, and, and including the fact that you're getting married. So it's kind of to have to worry about the dog is kind of overwhelming. So you actually have a personal handler which will take care of the dog that day. Absolutely. It's it's a lot of peace of mind for the bride. Um, you know, there's no need to worry about finding a family member or a friend to bring and look after their pet on the big day. Or what could be worse is maybe asking someone who's not invited uh. <laughs> uh, to tag along. So that's kind of where we step in and really just give that peace of mind that we're there um, to really just solely be looking after the pet for the day. Sure. How popular is this service? It's been very popular. Um, we started um, advertising this and, and putting it into um, use the and towards the end of last year, I would say about fall. Um, and we've had a lot of interest, um, a lot of brides who are looking to go really over the top to really involve um, their pets in their big day. Um, so we're getting many, many phone calls, um, and especially throughout um, this year, um, really booking up on different events throughout the year for the brides. Now, is it just dogs, or have there been any other requests for any other type of animals? It's just dogs for now, um, but we could always see where that takes us. And what happens to the animal after the ceremony? Does the bride and groom take them on the honeymoon? (laughs) (laughs) So, again, that's where we kind of step in. They actually, the pet returns to um, our facility, and we provide luxury lodging accommodations and activities. So it could just be for that night, the wedding night. Um, however, it could also be if they are going immediately onto their honeymoon, um, the, the dogs themselves get a little bit of a honeymoon vacation, too. So we have that all set up and ready to go for them, depending on what they're looking for. You know, it's so funny. I mean, who would have thought 30 years ago that there would be jobs like this? It's really amazing. <laughs> so what would you say the strangest request you've had? Sure. So some of the brides have told us that they absolutely will not book their venue without the ability to include their fur baby. Sure. Um, so in actually meeting with several of the venues and getting close to some of the maitre d's, um, they've actually had to alter some of their um, 
policies and procedures to make sure that they're accommodating these brides. And we've had the feedback from the venues saying that with a service like ours, it's made it more possible for them to accommodate these brides who are really just going over the top, you know, and wanting the dog as the ring bearer or the dog as the flower girl. Um, we even had a, a best dog, like the a best man, um, <laughs> who was up at the altar, and he actually got a little bit um, vocal during his mom's vows. <laughs> uh, so we were actually standing by, you know, making eye contact. Do we need to jump in? Let us know. But the bride and the guests loved it. It was the best part of her ceremony. She loved that the dog was participating in her vows. <laughs> oh, wow. So you could imagine how much that meant for her. And it was, a, it was a, a very heartfelt moment for us, too, to be able to make sure that that moment happened for her. So what's the, mes- the most memorable pet in a wedding that you've ever had, it, you know, that focused on the pet? A pet did something or stood out other than this dog being vocal with the vows? Definitely. He's definitely one of the top. But I would also say we had another pair um, of dogs that were together for uh, a wedding. Um, and after the wedding, they, you know, they came out, they... Uh, finished the ceremony and we were standing on the outside um, while the bride and groom and their bridal party set up for a receiving line. Um, Well, the concierge actually was standing off to the side in a side room and somehow, because of the of the dogs, they really kind of stepped out and wanted to be a part of this receiving line. <laughs> so we, we ended up having two dogs as part of the receiving line, kisses and all. Uh, but it was, it was definitely a great moment. Now, do they wear special attire? Yes. A lot of the brides actually come with a plan, of course, in place. Uh, so they do come with special leashes and collars. They may have bow ties or little dresses. Um, so it really could be anything from as simple as just a special collar or a, an elaborate outfit. <laughs> Besides just doing this, you're a spa, salon, hotel for animals year-round, uh, which is kind of interesting in itself. Sure. So on average throughout the year, we typically see about 100 dogs and cats uh, per night. Wow. Um, per night? Per, per night. night. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but that can certainly vary, um, you know, especially around our holiday times or especially, you know, right now in the summertime, you know, a lot of families are going on vacations. Um, so that tends to fluctuate. But I would definitely say that we, we tend to see on average a, a, about 75 to 100 per night. That's uh, amazing. I want to work there. Yeah. Oh, it's so <laughs> much fun. You'll have, have to come them. visit us. <laughs> definitely. If people want to learn more, where do they go online? Sure. So they can learn more about all of our services, including our wedding concierge service at www.morrisanimalin.com. Wonderful. Kristen, thank you so much for hanging with us today. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for calling me. We're going to head back to the phones for your calls. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, urging you to spay or neuter your pet. Your dog loves meat. That's why they'll love the new line of Red Barn Dry Dog Food. The first five ingredients in each Red Barn recipe are meat, fish, or poultry. Sure to satisfy your dog's carnivore cravings. The added functional ingredients make Red Barn Dry Dog Foods the perfectly balanced meal for your best friend. Available in land, ocean, and sky recipes. Your dog loves meat. We love your dog. Head to redbarn.com to use the promo Animal Radio for 10% off your first bag. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks, 
And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. This hour on Animal Radio, we're focusing on your veterinarian. Because, why? Because they are people, too. That's why. Uh, hard to believe. We go to them, we think they're miraculously godlike and they can cure your animals. But they are, uh, you know, they've gone to school and everything, but they don't have any magic powers, unfortunately. And sometimes we, we let it out. We, we get upset with our veterinarians. And this is something that I really want to talk about a little later on because... They're under a lot of pressure. Imagine having to deal with sick animals all day long and, and actually have to put some of these animals down. Yeah, veterinarian lives matter. They, they really do. Yes. Uh, Thank but, you, guys. That's, it's wonderful to hear that. Yes. The, the survey shows us that 25% of males and 36% of females in the veterinary medicine world have experienced depressive episodes. They get really depressed. And a high percentage of them have thought about suicide and have taken their lives wow i can think of a few just right off the top of my head that i know of that Mm -hmm. uh you know you you think they're uh on top of the world on top of the world have a great job they're you know well known and they should be set for life they're not not, have it all not always the case Mm -mm. and you know when i think about our show and i think about the veterinarian on our show dr debbie she's always smiley always cheery but you don't see me when i'm in my bad mood (laughs) well i've been told to stay away when you're in a bad mood just ask my husband he'll tell you he's like there's a look i give (laughs) but you know and i think you know we all as people just have to figure out what it takes to recharge to to find that peace and that balance within and and veterinarians struggle with that you know we we hide a lot of this because it is nobody talks about it Mm. pioneering the research dr elizabeth strand she's a licensed social worker at the university of tennessee in knoxville and she'll be talking with us in just a few minutes all about this uh so there you go and we're also going to be going to the phones for your calls for your animals but you got to treat dr debbie real nice okay (laughs) despite whatever news she has to deliver she's don't shoot the messenger she's just trying to help uh lori what are you working on over there in the newsroom There are some incredible apartment buildings now that are pet pampering friendly. I mean, they are so, it's almost over the top, but, you know, it's going to get better and better because millennials are just, you know, going to be raising pets as children. So um, we did some research on some of these incredible apartment buildings, rental units for pets and their families. Mm, I cannot wait to hear that. I'm sure a lot of them are in, like, New York. Some New York, some Chicago, but just... um, Oh, my gosh. I, I, I would be in heaven. There are actually some people who aren't pet friendly, who, who want to move there and say, uh, how many dogs are in this building? You know, like, like it's a bad thing. <laughs> Go somewhere else. But they're working things out. Just incredible, incredible offerings out there. Okay. I, I can just imagine like a new development, a pet friendly development that there's, there's a housing set up and there's like dog pools in the middle, you know, a community dog pools and make a whole thing with the whole residential just for animals where people can live you'd have to screen the people though yes you because would, you know you'd have a bunch of people that hopefully would be responsible but you're gonna have those irresponsible people leave the poop behind yeah. or don't clean yeah. up so i would have extensive human screening <laughs> i don't know if you remember last year we talked to that lady who uh put up a sign in her her uh, uh she's a landlord oh yeah and she said you must have oh, yeah, a only pet. people you must with have pets, pets. Yes. yeah you must have a right. pet must have, must have and a if pet. you don't i'll go with you and we'll get you a pet yeah, if you, you want to live here. that's my kind of landlord yeah (laughs) which line are we going to judy let's go to line two hi kim how are you doing i'm good thank you how are you very good where are you 
I'm in Alexandria, Virginia, so I'm in the Washington, D.C. area. Okay, and what's up with you today? Oh, well, I adopted this um, beautiful male Maine Coon from a family about a year ago. They had to give him up because they had a baby who he was trying to assert his dominance in the household, and he was starting to attack the baby. So mm. oh, clearly gosh. the infant had to come first, and so they had to give him up, and I adopted him. Um, and he's a healthy, happy, well-adjusted cat in every way except he chews everything like a puppy, and he's destroyed hundreds of dollars of worth of stuff. It's mm. furniture, mm. clothing, cables, plastic, metal, I mean, it's in the night. Metal? Tried he chews metal? Yes, metal. Me- metal hangers from the um, wow. a dry cleaner. Wow. I mean, I've never, it's like he's, I don't know what's going on with him. I'm just close to calling a pet psychic or something because I cannot <laughs> figure it out. And I've used well, that's the bitter one avenue. <laughs> <laughs> the bitter chew spray didn't work. Tin foil didn't work. Um, um, pe- pepper paste from the... Um, you know, uh, Indian curry, the hot pepper paste, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about a cat here. I just yeah. want to make sure. Okay. He's a, he's a Maine Coon, and I asked his vet, and the vet said, well, the breed, you know, they tend to be kind of mouthy. And I said, well, that doesn't really help me. Um, As you walk in with your clothes all chewed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's incredible. He's, he's destroyed all kinds of stuff. And I don't okay. know what to do about it because I'm worried about him getting hurt. I left um, a wood coat hanger, one of the thick, nicer kind, and he chewed up one whole end of it and had little splinters in his mouth. Oh, yeah. I was and just going to so, ask you if he's been eating any of these things, if he actually chews to no, for the purpose of ingesting it? Nope. It's strictly, it's, it's just, it's like somebody chewing gum. He's just chewing on it, um, mm-hmm. like teething. Yeah, and, and I would say that when your vet said that, you know, some cats have a higher, like, an oral need to chew, that is true. And um, with what you've got going on, there's really a couple things that I would suggest to try to manage through this. And the biggest thing is um, that, um, oh, I, I forgot to ask you, Kim, does your kitty stay inside or out to go outside? He's 100% indoor, and I work very long hours, um, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, he sleeps most of the day, and um, again, he's, you know, personality-wise and temperament, he's actually, he's very well adjusted. He's also really spoiled. I don't know if I'm enabling (laughs) bad behaviors, probably. Well, for an indoor kitty, um, and especially if you are working long hours, then some of this type of behavior, for cats to chew, we're not, you know, you don't hear about this a lot, but some cats do this just like dogs do, kind of as a soothing, kind of a, um, you know, gives them some kind of sense of calm. So, you know, there may be that kind of oral need to chew on things, and it may just be he's bored. Um, so part of my prescription for you is going to be we're going to need to really set up some established activity and play sessions for him. And um, for a cat that we're fighting something like this, I would prescribe at least three to four play sessions a day where we are doing something active, you know, cat dancer toys, um, kind of things where we make him jump and run around or, you know, chase you around the house, things like that, because we have to get his level of activity up. Um, you know, a tired pet is one that's less likely to have some uh, behavioral problems. And it's okay. kind of hard to make a cat run on a treadmill, <laughs> but that's the, the basic thing we got to get him something else to do and something else to focus on during his day. 
habits, um, okay. some ways that we can do that um, when you're not around and try to help kind of feed that need to chew is to give him things that make him work for um, a treat. Um, so rather than just kind of put food out for him, I would, you know, kind of make it a little bit more challenging for him. They, are, they do have certain uh, like Kong toys, certain kind of uh, rubberized toys where there's food inside and you can okay. hide treats and hide food in there. We want to make it kind of almost like a little uh, Rubik's Cube kind of puzzle where we have to kind of stimulate his mind and his activity in order to get some uh, food items. Um, and, and then there are some places we can redirect this, um, like um, the kitty grass that you can grow. Um, I would say, you know, I would line your sills with it and grow it for this boy because, you know, if he likes to chew on things, that's something we can direct him to. And then there's some of the safer things like paper bags, uh, you know, those would be a good alternative, um, not as likely to be damaging, um, but where you can provide that for him to hide in, play in. And if he chews on a paper bag, no big deal. <laughs> okay. Um, and I then I the problem is. I'm sorry, I was going to say part of the problem is he is unusually intelligent. I've grown up with lots of pets, um, cats, dogs, bunnies, you know, turtles, you name it. And I've never had a pet in in my whole life that is as highly intelligent as Cosmo. And that's part of the problem is he's constantly outsmarting me. That definitely sounds, if that's his personality, you know, it is. It's kind of like having a kid in a class below their ability and their level. You know, there's just nothing to do, so they may get bored and kind of start up trouble in class. <laughs> so, yeah, and I definitely, you know, work on, you know, getting him active, um, getting those uh, substitute treats out. And, you know, I've even had a cat or two that I've trained to uh, rawhide shoes as an acceptable alternative. How do, you, how do you get them to do that? Because I got him some rawhide treats and he could care less. He wasn't remotely interested. And then he got my shoes and tore those apart. <laughs> Yeah. Um, first, I take the rawhide and I soak part of it in uh, water just okay. so it kind of gets kind of mushy and slimy and then offer that as an alternative uh, for okay. the chewing behavior. Um, and you can't, every cat won't go to it. But if he likes chewing on wood and uh, metal, um, you know, hopefully that will be an acceptable alternative. And, and it might be, you know, he is so smart that we might have to make really fun games for him as ways to find food and treats in the house. Um, so that might be something to really kind of think about what might work in your home situation where you can kind of give him some little surprises. And you got to mix it up because cats will figure it out and um, you got to keep it fresh all the time. Oh, this is a lot of work. <laughs> oh my god. That's what everybody always says with these. <laughs> but isn't it worth it? it? It they are worth it. I just, you know, I had a wonderful Maine Coon that I had adopted before and he was a senior cat and so he of course was very mellow and sedate and this is a very feisty, incredibly bright, active young Maine Coon and it's just Oh, it's like having a kid around. <laughs> An actual kid. <laughs> well, but, thanks for calling today. Thank you. Thank you for the advice. I will give the rawhide and the other um, planned activities a try and see how it goes. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. Hi, this is Park Overall. I am just thrilled about Animal Radio. Please, stay and neuter your animals. Please. 
Okay, yeah, so puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why Ladybug, the animal radio studio stunt dog, uses the Brilliant Pad self-cleaning puppy pad. It seals away the waste and replaces the dirty pad for us. Brilliant Pad keeps the animal radio studios smelling fresh. In fact, all we have to do is replace the roll once every few weeks. And let me tell you, that's pretty fast and easy to do. I love it, and Ladybug gives it five paws up. You can learn more about this amazing machine over at BrilliantPad.com. Hello, this is Dr. Paul on Animal Radio. Take care of the pets and make sure that in these hot days, that they get in lots of water and don't tie them outside in the sun because then they get a heat stroke. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. And when you think about professions that have a higher suicide rate, you often think about dentists. I always thought that was a... I don't. Why would why would you think about a dentist? I, I People really, always say that. That's always out there. I've yeah, never I, heard I, that yeah. before. And it was always because they're in, they're causing pain in people's mouths. They they I, Is what I heard. Huh. But, and but, who looks forward to going to the dentist, right? Yeah, really. Really. <laughs> honestly. Who does? Uh, but you do, Judy. You, you like your dentist. I think you actually have a crush on your dentist. My dentist looks like Mick Jagger. He does look like Mick <laughs> Jagger. He does. Uh, in any case... Uh, this and, he's, not, and I just want to say, he's never caused me any pain. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> and uh, you, you see him a lot, too. i got to say, more than anybody else comes to the dentist. Yeah, but look at my teeth. They are beautiful. Uh, but, but before we go on here, there is a profession that actually is worse than dentistry as far as the suicide rate, and it happens to be veterinarians. Wow. I'd never heard that. Would have never thought about that. No. In just wow. about 10 minutes, we're going to talk to Dr. Elizabeth Strand. She's a licensed social worker, and she talks about the high suicide rate and why perhaps the veterinarians are so depressed. And that's mm-hmm. on the way in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Uh, talking about, okay, what are the most common dog names? We talk about these all the time. Bella. Max. Max. Buddy. Jax. Yes. Uh, Lucy. Um, there's a new way of naming pets these days where we can get like a, a very unique and creative name like Snuffer and Fizby. Sprinket. I love Fizby. Yes. <laughs> I mean, some cute names. They're using artificial intelligence oh really okay Mm -hmm. much better than our intelligence that's on the way (laughs) just a couple of minutes right here on animal radio uh let's go to line four hey dennis hi how you doing oh yes where are you calling from today uh southern california wildemar we're near the wine wine country down here wine down there where again wildemar wildemar is the name of the town a small town uh Halfway between L.A. and San Diego. Oh, okay. Very nice area. Hey, listen, what's going on with your animals today? Well, I have a a dog here that's uh, about eight years old now, and uh, I just can't get him to stop lifting his leg and peeing on everything in sight. (laughs) 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 You know, the other day I got got a UPS package, and before I could get there, he already had it soaked down for me. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, Boy, and, that's... Uh, he's been neutered. He was okay. neutered at about eight months old. He was a rescue dog, and uh, but ever, ever since we, we've we had him, we got him right after he was neutered at about uh, about eight months old, and he's lifted his leg always. But uh, but boy, it's like out of control now. <laughs> he okay. just, 
wants that, to sign that, everything. Yeah, that's d- difficult to take that, I'll say. Now, does he mark in the house um, predominantly, or does he have... He's a guard, he's a guard dog. He's uh, probably three-quarter, maybe more, Great Pyrenees. Okay. And uh, he's a guard dog for our alpacas. Oh, so he has a job then. Yes, he does, and he does a great job at that, too. He's really good at it. He's a very smart dog, and uh, coyotes come around. Boy, he's right there. Okay, so does he spend most of his time outdoors, or does he spend kind of equal inside and out? No, all the time out. He's outside all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> yeah, okay. He's the animals here. <laughs> all right, so he's marking, so he has access to, like, the front of the house, the porch, things like that, where he's right. getting to he the packages. A- yeah, he has access all around the property. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow, Dennis, you know, the first thing that I'm going to say is that he's doing everything you're asking him to do, <laughs> is that he's an outside dog who has a job of protecting his uh, property and keeping those other dogs, the coyotes, away. So he does that by his presence and by sending his scent around in the means of urine marking. Um, It's going to be very hard for him to understand that that's what you want him to do in some situations, but not when the UPS guy comes around or, um, you know, if something else comes onto his property that looks new, foreign, or like he has to mark his presence to that object. Um, does he ever urine mark on people? No, he never does that. No. No, okay. He's great with people. He's fantastic with, with people and and kids especially. He just loves them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No yeah, but, and, but can you see the difficulty here is that this is exactly what he's he knows in his life is that he yeah. has to kind of guard the property. And, uh, you know, I, I think that unless he's going to have a major change in his lifestyle, I, you know, I don't know that we're going to be able to tell him, you know, don't mark on this particular thing. Now, unless you have a certain area that we're going to completely make off limits, um, you know, if that's a part of the uh, the home environment that he doesn't get around the front porch, then there are ways where you can train him to not come near that. Um, but yeah. if he's got free roam, then that's really tough. <laughs> That's what I thought might, you might be telling me, but uh, <laughs> he does a good job yeah. at what he's supposed to be doing here, what he's hired for, right? You know Exactly. He's earning his keep with you, so... Absolutely. So, you know, I'd tell the UPS guy to be a little bit more selective where he puts those boxes and tell him that your baby is taking care of the house and home and doing his job. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hello, this is Jane Goodall on Animal Radio. And... I just like everybody to realize that each day you live, you make some difference on the planet and you can choose what kind of difference you're going to make. And hopefully every day you'll try to make the world a little bit better for people, for animals and for the environment. All of us here at Fido Friendly Magazine can't wait to get on the road again with our favorite Fido. We know that it's just not a vacation without our furry companions by our side. Start daydreaming now and visit FidoFriendly.com to scout out places near and far so you will be ready for your next adventure once it's safe to travel. That's FidoFriendly.com. Until then, stay safe and leave no dog behind.
This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. The PAWS Act, also known as Puppies Assisting Wounded Service Members, has been introduced on Capitol Hill by Florida Congressman Ron DeSantis, who is still active in the military. He's a lieutenant commander in the Navy Reserve. And believe it or not, this proposed legislation actually has, you don't hear these two words together anymore, bipartisan support. (laughs) Amazing. It is going to If it passes, it'll direct the Department of Veterans Affairs or the VA to carry out a five-year pilot program that will provide service dogs and uh, veterinary health insurance to veterans with PTSD who were active duty on or after the September 11th attacks. The $10 million pilot program could begin next year if it's passed. Now, in other news on this same kind of subject, the Center for the Human-Animal Bond at Purdue University, they are going to be partnering with Canines for Warriors, which provides service dogs to veterans with PTSD and other disorders for a clinical trial, which will analyze and then quantify the influence that service dogs have on the lives of military veterans. Previous studies suggest that people who bond with their dogs have higher levels of the hormone oxytocin, and you've probably heard that referred to as the love or cuddle hormone. But the study would also investigate claims by the National Center for PTSD that dogs can encourage veterans to communicate more through commands and training and also help them spend more time outdoors and meet new people. Pet pampering apartment buildings around the country, whoa, they are skyrocketing. And some have just awesome amenities that they're offering. The The most popular amenity in these buildings by far, though, are the dog runs. But they're not what you would expect as a typical dog run. These are dog runs inside high-rise buildings, say on the 4th or 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th floor. No need to even go down to street level, and some of them even have their own fire hydrants in them, and they have several of these dog runs. Pet parents in those buildings can take advantage of discounts on dog walking, vet and grooming services, attend monthly yappy hours for pet parents, and also access pet-geared vending machines that they have in the lobbies. And those vending machines sell things like organic oatmeal dog shampoo which is about 10 bucks a pop. But more than simply being pet friendly, these buildings really treat dogs and cats as valued residents who deserve their own perks. Uh, I found one in Chicago, and there's this building there that's got a private dog park just for the residents there. People walking by on the sidewalk can see inside the dog park, but they probably don't realize that's a private dog park. Um, some buildings advertise that they have visits from doggy treat food trucks. Isn't that cool? <laughs> wow. But it's, it's not all fun and game. I mean, they, they really keep it clean and do their thing. Some buildings utilize Poo Prints, a company you may not have heard of, but it analyzes the DNA in animal droppings so that they can track down dog owners who don't clean up after their pets. Mm. We've all stepped on a few of those. 
Oh, yeah. (laughs) Pet names are so important these days and so creative and very cyclical. So we're looking for something new and fresh, right? Well, there's an animal rescue in Pennsylvania that sought help from Janelle Shane, who is an artificial intelligence researcher. They wanted her to name a group of guinea pigs that they had taken in. Janelle Shane normally trains artificial neural networks to come up with names for things like paint colors or recipes in books. But lately, she's been recruited to name guinea pigs. And here's how it works. She put a list of 600 guinea pig names into the computer. And then the computer trains itself to produce more names, you know, along the lines of the ones that she put in. But because this is artificial intelligence... The computer is learning, too, and then it forms its own rules about which letters and letter combinations are the most quintessentially guinea pig names. So (laughs) the chosen names for this group of guinea pigs, Spooty, Snofer, Fizby, Sprinket, Dandy, Mumpkins, Astrano, and Holly Flope, plus one that I can't even pronounce. It's got like 15 letters in it. I think it's German. (laughs) Fisby. I like that. (laughs) I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an animal radio news update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. And when you hear Dr. Debbie on the air, she's always bright and cheerful. That's the kind of gal she is. But what you do is a fairly stressful job. Oh, I'd say enormously so. Yeah, there's so much that weighs on your shoulders. We want to do good. We want to you know, save our patients and help people. So what are some of the things that weigh heavily on your shoulders? Oh, gosh. When, when a case doesn't go well, um, it, you, you don't ex- escape it. You know, people sometimes think that's, you know, may not care, but it, it really haunts us when we lose a patient or a case doesn't go well. Um, or just when a client expresses dissatisfaction with us, you know, we're perfectionists and, and we really want to do the best and it, it, um, kind of our own worst enemies, I think sometimes. Yeah. Do you get a lot of clients that just can't afford the care to keep their animal alive? Yeah. You know, so finances definitely play a big role. And, and so that kind of, you know, trying to pick correctly, it's kind of like what's behind door number one, two or three. And if we pick the wrong door, we've spent somebody's money and that weighs on your shoulders as well. So, you know, we realize not everyone has immense resources and, and we have to be very cautious and thoughtful when we make recommendations um, if we have to you know, keep finances into into check. You know, I read a statistic and this is a shocking statistic, one that I never knew before. Maybe you already do know about it veterinarians are taking their own lives at a rate four times the general population. What? Yeah. yeah. I, wow, I'm shocked. I thought that was it, dentists, I thought. but dentists? apparently, yeah, I did too. Yeah. No, we've surpassed that. And, you know, I think it's the dirty little secret that veterinarians don't like to talk about, you know, outside of our veterinary group. So I, I'm glad wow. that it is getting some attention and, you know, hopefully we can get um, some light shed upon that. We have joining us Dr. Elizabeth Strand. She's a licensed social worker and a clinical professor uh, at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Welcome, doctor. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So what is this all about? I mean, this is a shocking statistic. Yes, it is. It's very concerning. And I think that um, it is true that there is consciousness raising about the fact that veterinarians experience stress and that it does take an impact and toll on their mental health. It's not just about uh, wonderful puppies and kittens. A, a lot of times when I tell people that statistic, they say, what? I never thought about that. And then once they take a moment and reflect on um, end-of-life issues that veterinarians face every day and the fact that pets are members of the family, they'll step back and they'll say, yeah, I can get that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Well, you, you a lot of times veterinarians have to spend time euthanizing animals to put them out of their misery. Is that something that uh, relates to them. They they feel that if they can euthanize themselves, they they put themselves out of their pain. Well, there's been a little bit of curiosity and research um, about that, and frankly, there's not a good answer yet in terms of why there might be a higher rate among veterinarians. I think proximity to um, the means is something that is common among all medical professionals. And then, as you say, for veterinarians, it's a possibility that um, since euthanasia is a standard practice that happens, that it might be um, a more comfortable uh, idea. Um, but again, there's no clear research about that. There is some evidence that there is a positive relationship between the number of euthanasias that a veterinarian does uh, in a week and experiences of depression. Um, and uh, But however, uh, when veterinarians conduct 11 uh, euthanasias in a week, their risk for suicide seems to go down. Um, so that was a curiosity. Hmm. Now, are these veterinarians that have taken their lives, are they using the means available to them as a veterinarian or are they using means that the general population uses? That's a great question. And, and um, I think that there's current research looking at death records to determine that um, and also get a sense of what the actual rate is uh, in this country. The statistics about um, four times as high as the general population actually comes out of some research done at the uni um, in the UK, in England. Um, we do have similar findings here in the United States, but um, we're questioning uh, the actual rate. Um, the answer to the question about means, I definitely anecdotally have heard many, many stories of veterinarians as well as veterinary nurses uh, utilizing euthanasia fluid for um, wow. uh, their means of taking their life. It's quite sad. Yeah. We're with Dr. Elizabeth Strand, and she is telling us about uh, the high suicide rate in veterinarians. We're going to have some more questions for her coming up. Stick around. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your dish-authorized retailer now. 800-380-4452. 800-380-4452. That's 800-380-4452. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and e-auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. We are with Dr. Elizabeth Strand. She's a licensed social worker and associate clinical professor at the University of Texas in Knoxville, University of Tennessee in Knoxville. 
I'm just, I get that messed up. I don't know what it is. She is, it's a very serious subject. She's telling us a little bit about veterinarians, which take their lives at a rate four times the general population. Wow, that's hard to believe. One of the first uh, mental health surveys in the U.S. shows that one in six veterinarians may have actually considered suicide. What is being done to prevent this kind of stuff? Well, first of all, thank you for having this conversation today. And I think more and more these conversations are happening. And um, there are Facebook pages where uh, veterinarians are uh, supporting each other and coming out to express their experience of mental illness and suicidal feelings. Many, many of the large uh, veterinary organizations like the American Veterinary Medical Association, the American Animal Hospital Association, and and many of the other veterinary associations are engaging in um, online learning, online support groups, um, and uh, certainly at the veterinary educational level, um, there are mental health professionals in probably every Uh, veterinary college now teaching about mental illness, mental health, and protecting one's wellness. So there is a big positive effort, um, and you all are part of it by talking about it today. Doc, I shared um, um, information on social media. Uh, There was recently a kind of a negative uh, post put by a veterinarian, basically kind of finger pointing at the general population and clients as being part of the problem. And I shared it just kind of for raising the topic to discuss, um, not so much to agree with the point, but I was, I found I had clients writing to me saying, we love you, Dr. Debbie. And it wasn't like a way I was trying to reach out for help and support, but I thought, gosh, you know, People don't always know that the veterinarian on the other side of the table is really struggling with a lot of things, finances, um, maybe home life issues, um, you know, their expectations at work, um, all of that stuff. So I thought for some of my clients, I think they went, wow, I never thought of this before. Yeah, I think that is a huge uh, issue that um, I think will make a big difference in this problem, which is raising awareness of pet owners that... Um, their veterinarians struggle with stress and that when they say out of grief and anger mean things to the veterinarians that uh, like you only care about money or mm, if you don't yeah. if you, if you don't save my cat you might as well euthanize me too these comments uh, go to the heart of, of a very um, dedicated uh, medical professional. And um, once the general public, I think, starts to see their veterinarians as human beings and not just this endless source of compassion, (laughs) but actually veterinarians that need to take care of themselves and go home and exercise and say no sometimes, I think the general public can have a wonderful influence in in showing their compassion and support for their veterinary professionals. You know, is there any kind of study been done on the type of people that become veterinarians? Are they people who might be predisposed to having depression or is that why they go into that business as opposed to working with people? There's a little bit of research looking at some of the traits like we heard earlier that veterinarians tend to be perfectionistic and I have found that to be true over my um, 17 years working with this honorable profession. Um, Very perfectionistic and also very, very caring. But I also did a research study because I got asked this question a lot and we looked at a concept called ACEs, which is Adverse Childhood Events. Um, Adverse childhood events are things that happen to people before the age of 18 that set them up for worse physical and mental health. 
And these things fall into categories like abuse, neglect, and family problems like having a mom or dad with a mental illness or domestic violence. There was actually not a higher rate of um, ACEs in the childhood histories of the veterinary students that we surveyed in six veterinary colleges. But what was different was that our veterinary students had almost twice as high of a rate of having a parent or a caregiver with a mental illness than the general population. So although the number of adverse experiences that they had were not different, they did seem to come from families that had a, a mental health issue inside it. So we're going to do some more research to see if that bears out uh, in other in other research studies. All very interesting yeah. there, Doctor. I yeah. thank you for spending time with us today. Thanks for having me. You think about it. When you go to your veterinarian, you really you're asking them to to help you your pet with your pet. You put a lot. There's a lot of pressure on them. So I guess mm-hmm. I'm going to be a little easier on my vet now. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. You go well, you know, it's, she she brought up a great point. People don't always think of your veterinarian as a human. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're a medical professional. I have to share a really horrible story. I had um, a client um, get upset with me, and um, it was at a time. When it, you know, she was requiring a lot of my uh, time and back and forth, and I, I just told her, "Sit, honestly, I said, I'm so sorry, I do have to leave. Um, I, you know, I, I have a personal issue right now." And she's like, "How dare you?" And she was like, "Giving me the riot act," and that was the day we had to put my dog to sleep. Oh, and wow. um, I tried to avoid oh. saying that. And then when I said, "I'm so sorry," you know, I I had to take care of my pet and euthanize my pet um, unexpectedly at this time, and she's like, "I don't care. You're a professional." You're supposed to take care of animals. You're supposed to be above that. And I was just dumbfounded. (laughs) My jaw fell down. So I think it's that kind of perception that, you know, we just appreciate people knowing that, yeah, we have things as well, um, family issues, um, well, that you know, kind all of sorts of things. That kind of person's not going to be happy with anybody anyhow, anyway, <laughs> no matter what. Thank you for bringing this to our attention. Well, we are flush out of time right here. Listen, if you missed any part of the show, you can go back and listen online at animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry, an app you should have anyway, because if there's ever a recall for uh, like food, maybe the food that you're feeding your animals, you'll know immediately through notifications on your smartphone. So download the Animal Radio app. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here. Bye-bye. Bye. Not saying goodbye. Just going to say group hug for Dr. Debbie, everyone. Oh, yes, is Animal Radio Network.